Hello, and welcome back to the Completing and Competing podcast. We are staying in what we are now calling Vibe December with another professional Florida Vibe player in Grayson Ratcliffe. Grayson, do you just want to say hello to our listeners before I start rattling off some pretty impressive earthly stats? And then we talk about this Jesus guy and how amazing he has been in your life. Yeah, Sarah, I just want to say thank you for having me. I know everybody says that, but I got the pleasure of meeting you last week, uh, which was really special and really cool at the NFCA convention. I think that was just the Lord speaking and bringing us together uh, just before we got the chance to chat. But uh, thank you for doing what you're doing and just sharing his word and his glory. Oh, amen. And I completely agree. It's funny because I'd never seen your face. So we're sitting at a table with Kaya Gibson, all of your Vibe teammates. I'm like, Grayson, that's familiar. I'm like, oh my God, we've been texting for like the last month. I'm so glad I can put a face to a name and let's talk about Jesus. And I think, Grayson, when we when we talk about completing and competing, the competitive side of you, those statistics are honestly pretty impressive. So you played a stellar career at Indiana. And I just kind of want to rattle off some of these earthly stats because I was like, wow, she's really good. And how did I not know this? But we're looking at your time with the cream and crimson. You were the 2022 NCAA Women's Woman of the Year honoree. Like you were the top of the top. Oh my gosh, what a season to have. But you were also, I mean, so many Big Ten honors three-time Big Ten Distinguished Scholar honors. So not only are you taking care of it on the field, but it's also like, guys, look at what I'm doing in the classroom. I mean, you were an NFCA All-American. You led your team in the infield. Also, again, like I said, playing professional ball. But then you entered into the coaching world. So you originally started at your alma mater. You were a graduate assistant, then turned assistant in the same year, which what a feat that was. And I can't imagine, here, jump into the deep end of this pool and let's see if you can survive. Obviously you did because then you were hired by the Wolfpack. You are working at North Carolina State, one of my favorite humans in Lindsay Leftwich. Again, amazing sister in Christ as well. But this competitive side of you, it literally runs off the page. But I do believe there is this completion side to you. There is this Jesus guy that you know really well, and I know nothing of this story. So Grayson, without further ado, I am stepping back. You are stepping forward tell me your story. Well, let Jesus take the wheel. You missed that part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let Jesus take the wheel. And our best Carrie Underwood, um, Jesus yeah. and Grayson are taking the wheel. Yeah. Carrie Underwood can always have a place um, at this <laughs> table. But uh, yeah, no, I've just, I think, really been honored by the people that I've been surrounded with. Um, and I think that shows a little bit with just Kaya and that connection and getting to meet you and that piece of it. Um, as you said, like earthly things are never going to matter when we walk through the gates of heaven. And I think that's the coolest Ooh. part about it. Um, and so, yes, like all of, all of these people that you've talked to, all my vibe teammates, like there are things that we've accomplished here, but I think the biggest thing is that we're just all living for a greater purpose. And the more people that we can kind of bring into that circle to walk through the gates of heaven with, I think it's just going to be really special. Um, but yeah, I started my career at Marshall and, uh, I I played, yeah. So I was in the, the green and white for a little bit there. I committed to Marshall super early. It was my freshman year of high school, but still under Shonda Stanton, who I played for all my years at Indiana. Um, She actually got the job at Indiana after my senior year of high school. So I was graduating. She got the job at Indiana pre-transfer portal, pre like all of those things have to go through compliance, get a release. Like there's a block list of schools you can't go to. And I'm like, they're going to freaking block Indiana. Like they know that that's where I'm looking Indiana was not blocked, praise the Lord. Um, And so I played my freshman year at Marshall, 
totally think it's a God thing. Met some great people there. Um, my boyfriend of almost six years now played football at Marshall. So we had a connection there. Some of my best friends went there. Um, and so really just holds a special place in my heart. Uh, but played my career at Indiana, loved every second of it. Um, I believe that my career was plagued with COVID and the Big Ten making all those decisions for our shortened 2021 season. For those of y'all yep. that do not know, um, the Big Ten played conference only the year after COVID. Uh, we did not have a Big Ten tournament and they only took three teams to the NCAA tournament. Um, and, you know, in Coach Stanton's first few years there, we were kind of on the rise. That's probably when we would have gone to the tournament. And so for me um, at Marshall, like I I went there because of her, because I knew that I had yeah. somebody that would lead me in the right directions, not just on the softball field, but in life, in my faith, um, in all these things. And so I knew that my cup was not going to be totally filled at Marshall without somebody leading me in life and in faith like she would. Um, and so that was one of the biggest reasons that I took a leap and went to Indiana. And then knowing, too, that in a Power 5 conference like the Big Ten, uh, you're going to get five to six teams in the tournament almost every year, sometimes seven. 100%. Yeah. Um, and so for that whole big 10 thing to go down my first year at Indiana, we were the first four out. Um, so that was just like a stab in the heart. Right. Um, and then 2020 happened. 2021, uh, was when they only took three, we finished fourth in the big 10 and they only took the top three. Uh, and so that was, that was tough, uh, because we just beat each other up. Like there's no way to have a good RPI when you're playing everybody in conference four times. Like that sucks. Yep. Um, and then 2022, my fifth year, I tore my knee. And I was two games after the red shirt date. And so I, I would say that's just one of the biggest pieces of my story. And my, I feel like every, every story, someone has an injury in it. And so it sounds so cliche to just kind of go through and say that. Um, but for me, that it really rocked me. And I remember we were mm -hmm. playing in Oklahoma city. I was playing third. I kind of dove backwards into foul territory to try to catch something. And one of the practice fields in Oklahoma city has a really bad lip on the grass and my knee just kind of hit it funky. When I dove, I played the rest of the game, knew I was in a lot of pain. And afterwards my athletic trainer was like, Hey, what's up? You're, you're like, you're not okay. And yeah. uh, she told me if I could run two sprints, two 60 yard sprints that I could play the next game. And we played Iowa next. And um, I was like, Oh yeah, like I got this fighting back tears in my eyes. And it's like the first step I took, I just beep, like totally my leg and my knee gave out. So I just knew there that something was wrong. Um, but didn't really know what, and kind of there just was like, you know, my career's over. Like I played my last college game, like this, that, the other. Uh, and how is this my story? God, like, I, yeah, I mean, we've went through totally. some serious trials here. Totally. Like this was going to be the season where everything was going to go right. And then this, and then this happened. And I, I think that's just his way of just knowing that his plan is greater than ours. Um, and when things like least, ex when we least expect something to happen, it's going to happen. Um, and so, you know, I was just challenged in that way. I actually, the rest of my team, it was our spring break trip to Oklahoma city. So the rest of my team bust back to Bloomington, Indiana. I flew back with one of my assistant coaches, um, Kendall Fern. And I remember she's at San Diego state now. And I just remember sitting on the plane, like ice on my knee, like literally listening to one song on repeat the whole time. It was honey in the rock. And I just remember Love like it. singing it over and over again and just like praying those words over myself. I'm bawling crying the whole time. I'm like, this is terrible. Um, but just like trying to believe that there's a greater purpose and a greater plan in this. And um, I saw the doctor the next morning, I had a partially torn PCL um, and they were like, you know, really like you can get back out on the field. Like it's not going to be comfortable, but it's doable, you know? And so like, if you can, get what you need to get done and your athletic trainer clears you and our doctor clears you um, like you can get back out on the field. Uh, they told me the initial doctor that saw me that it was going to be a three month 
until I could, I was like, well, our season's over in three months. Yep. Like, that's not going to work. I got back on the field in 15 days. Um, Whoa. And yeah, and that is exactly everybody's response when I tell them that. And it was, I mean, hours spent in the training room uh, with my athletic trainer. She was amazing. The support that I got from my coaches, my teammate. Um, I just remember going to church and a lot of us did at City Church in Bloomington. And um, I had never gone up and like asked to get prayed for before. Okay. And I feel like that's a little like it's it's scary if you've never done it. Right. Um, oh, because it's I feel like terrifying. I can, right? if like I've never done other it. people all you want. Like I will lay my hands on you and just preach the Holy Spirit into your soul. But like when I have to ask somebody to pray over me, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being in my like knee brace and church outfits and like literally bawling my eyes out during um like the praise and worship music and probably had six or seven of my teammates with me. And I, I just remember like nudging one of my teammates telling me, I was like, I'm going to go ask to get prayed for. I'm like crying. She's like, do you want me to go with you? And I was like, yeah. So all of them came. Um, wow. And so we just went up to the front and I mean, I'm a mess, but they're just like praying over my knee. And this was the week before I was able to get back out on the field and uh, just totally felt like revived in that moment. Obviously my knee was not revived, but my spirit was. Um, mm. And so just kind of, being able to know that like there's power in that and there's power and kind of being vulnerable um, and asking others to pray for you when you need something uh, and just having the teammate support that I had during that time. It was, uh, it was amazing. So got back out on the field, you know, obviously the year wasn't what I had imagined it to be. Um, but knowing that God had a greater plan and I actually still went that summer and played for the vibe. I remember Ryan calling me and I was like, <laughs> he called me and was like, why aren't you playing? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, little, little side note here, uh, something happened. Uh, but I just told him, I was like, look, I fully, I fully understand if, you know, it's something that you don't want me to come down for. I know that I'm, I'm not the infielder that I was, I'm not as fast as I was. I am a yeah. step in all areas of my game. Um, but I get it. And he was like, you know, I know the player and the person that you are, and, you know, we're doing this for a greater purpose. And so I went down and I played and that was kind of it. You know, I've played two summers since, and, um, that's kind of, a little bit of a lot in a couple minutes there. No, but I think it's, I, I, I kind of want to pull you back to something you just said, because I thought it was phenomenal. And it was talking about spiritual revival and then physical revival, right? And in that moment, when you're sitting in church, you're right, your knee is not magically better. Like, it's not like God dropped down. And he's like, I'm going to fix this. But he fixed something more important. And it was your soul. And it was where your eyes were looking and it was where your trust was in and where your truth was found and it was in him. And so it's like, God, whatever you're doing, I trust you. And yes, we can sit here and be like, holy cow, 15 days. You can't tell me God's not real because he moved in that. But at the same time, knowing your story and your faith, even if he doesn't, he's still good. Totally. Totally. And that kind of brings me back to you saying that I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember who it was by or what it was, but I remember the message. Um, And it was essentially saying like, we pray for, we pray for something, right? Like if I'm praying for patience, I'm not automatically going to get patience handed to me. I'm going to be put in a situation where my (laughs) patience has been tested. You know, like I may pray for courage and it's not like, oh, I'm automatically going to be courageous, but I'm going to be put in a situation where my courage is going to be tested and I'm going to have an opportunity to be courageous in this type of situation. And so like, I think about that when it was that type of situation, like I was praying so hard, oh, heal my knee, like help this pain go away. Well, it's not automatically going to happen because the pain didn't go away for like five or six months. Right. But like I was put in situations where that was tested. Um, And so that was really cool for that to kind of come full circle. 
And I think it goes back, you use tests, right? And it's these tests to testimony moments. And I think, and we we talk about this quite a bit on the podcast of like, I'm a Christian and my life's great. I don't face tests because God saved me and everything's good. And then it's like, yeah, no, that couldn't be further from the truth. But I get to go through these test moments to have this beautiful testimony to his glory. And so it's like, I don't understand why this had to happen to me. But now the test that I've gone through gets to be a testimony. It gets to be a space where I get to breathe like into my teammates if they're going through something similar or now in the coaching world. Guys, I know that I know where you're at. I've been there. Whether that's an injury, whether that's facing adversity on the field, you've been through things so that he can show up for somebody else because we get to be the version of Jesus somebody meets today. Appreciate and they get to meet this beautiful version of you and this beautiful version of Jesus through the trials and the tests that you've been through. Yeah. Amen. That's so good. Grayson, here's a question. So now we're in the coaching world. We we took off our, our, our playing cleats and we put on our coaching hat and it's probably some really nice sh- sh- golf shorts and a really fun polo because, you know, why wouldn't you? What has that transition been like for you? Because I know we have young coaches on the podcast and and they're they're trying to figure it out. And where do I fit? And how do I do this? And I think you've been a GA and assistant at one institution. Now you're an assistant at a brand, not a brand new program, but a brand new staff trying to do something very different with the Wolfpack. What has that transition been like for you? Where have you found your foundation? Obviously, probably in Christ. But at the same time, what has that transition been like? And what would be your advice to coaches? Yeah, I think for me, I had an incredible collegiate experience with my coaching staff. Uh, I believe that I played for the best humans in the world and Shonda Stanton, Chanda Bell and Kendall Fern. Um, And like I kind of mentioned earlier, I played for a very faith based head coach. Now, she didn't pressure that or push that on anybody. Um, But I think it's a different type of security when you know you're playing for somebody with a greater purpose. Um, Mm. And so being on staff with them too. So seeing two sides of them, uh, not just as an athlete, but as a staff member um, and kind of getting to interact with that piece of them, I think really kind of propelled me into that too. I tell people all the time, I had the best coaches in the world and I want other people to have the experience that I had. Um, I love that. My sister, my sister was very different from me. She had a really, really tough experience when she played, um, transferred, tore both her shoulders and is now unfortunately done. Um, Yeah, such a warrior. She's a trooper. I love her to death, Um, but had a very different experience with me for the people she played for. She played for three coaching staffs. Um, And I wish that I wish that on nobody, you know, like I think that we play this great game that there's so many lessons taught in it. And softball is just a beautiful sport. And for me to give the opportunity for other people to have what I had is, is all that I want, you know? Um, and so I think in coaching, like I wanted to stay in the game because I wanted other people to see that. Um, and I know that in coaching, you get to be around so many more people. So why not an opportunity to just kind of shed some light and to, to point some people to Jesus. And so I knew that when I was looking for a place to coach one, I, I wanted to be for playing, not playing, sorry. I don't, I don't play <laughs> college ball anymore. I wanted to coach uh, with somebody with a head coach that was really, really strong in that foundation. Um, and, and I wanted to be closer to home. Those were two of my things because I value my family. And I think that's a big piece in your faith walk too. Um, and so really NC state wasn't on my radar. They didn't have a coach hired. And, uh, I, I really kind of wanted to be at a smaller school to start and just kind of get my feet wet and just, you know, figure it out. Um, 
And then I remember my coach, Shonda Stanton, called me one day. I was like, hey, would you be interested in NC State? I was like, would I be interested in NC State? <laughs> so Lindsay called and, you know, we chatted for like 30 to 45 minutes. She was like, think about it, pray about it, do your research on me. Um, and I think that's really cool when you have a head coach that's like, hey, go pray over this situation. Um, and I knew instantly after that conversation that she's somebody that I would want to work for and work mm -hmm. with. Um, and so, you know, she's been nothing short of amazing in my experience working with her and just, you know, you know, her shine some light and love everywhere that she walks and looks. Um, but I think bottom line to that question, I know this is kind of a long winded answer to it. Uh, it's just that I, I want other people to have the experience that I had. Um, and so I want to be able to just shed light and love and Jesus into other people's lives. And what better way to do that than then to coach the sport that showed it to me. Ugh. Amen. Say it louder for the people in the back. Grayson Radcliffe is slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite humans on the planet in a matter of knowing you for two weeks in person. So here we are. Ugh. Grayson, I, I want to talk about, so you say you want to be the coach that you got to experience. What has that been like for you with the Wolfpack? Have you been able to have opportunities and experiences with your athletes where you got to shine his light and his love? Because again, you're at a public institution. We know this. There are many people coaching at public institutions where, I mean, I also coached at one and I was like, I'm going to talk about Jesus and fire me if you get mad because I don't really care. But at the end of the day, how do you breathe that life? Because I think we also have coaches who are like, this is my faith and this is my walk and I love this and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I'm a little bit intimidated to share that in the halls of my athletic department. I'm a little bit scared to share that on the field. I don't really know how to do it. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I think some people are more open with it than others. And it doesn't have to be something where you walk into practice and you're preaching Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Um, but something that I learned from coach Stanton too, is like when she tells stories or tries to teach a lesson, she'll use a biblical reference. Um, but it's not the biblical side of it. It's like, this is just a history lesson mm -hmm. using characters from the Bible. And so sometimes a lot of times people will just be like, Hmm, like I want to know more about that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a really cool way to kind of just piece it into it. Granted, you have to know a little bit about the Bible and some yeah. stories, <laughs> like kind of use that reference and not everybody <laughs> does. And that's okay too. Um, but I think shining Jesus into people is more than knowing what's between the hardcover of the book, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, he, he calls us to, to shine his light and to be a disciple in any way, shape or form. Um, and to just lead more people to him and whether it's leading more people to him, because you're just having a conversation with somebody that approaches you about the Lord, because we have a lot of believers on our team. Um, and if they want to come talk about something, like I know that I can, I can speak truth into them in that way. Sometimes mm -hmm. people may not, and I may not speak truth to them in the same way, but that doesn't mean I'm going to love them any different, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Amen. I think once they see, um, kind of how the believers on the team are circulating and firing in that way, then they, they have a, an ache and a yearn to want to know more. Um, and so I think that's where we come into play is if they want to know more and they're asking the questions like, Hey, I'm going to answer any question that you ask, you know what I mean? And I'm going to be here yeah. for you and I'm going to love you in that way. Um, and so I, I think that's the really, that's the cool part about coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know, if more people want to know, then they'll come ask. And, uh, I just want to continue to be that vessel for them in that way. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, it comes back to love, right? I mean, he gave us, I mean, first of all, he gave us like 613 rules and he's like, well, we didn't get those right. And then we had the 10 commandments. He was like, guys, I'm going to dumb this down to 10. Best of luck. I think you can do it. And then it's like, okay, we didn't do those well either. So I'm going to give you two. And here they are. Love me, love people. And it's like, how do you want people to meet Jesus? You just love them. And they're like, wow, like 
Grayson's different. The light she shines is different. The love she gives is different. And then it's like, oh, guys, let me tell you about this man who hung on the cross for the sins of the world. And he did it because he loved you and he loved me. And if it was just me and only me, he still chooses to do that because he wants a relationship with me. And they're like, whoa. And it's like, put that in perspective, guys. We didn't deserve it, but we received it. We have no other choice but to love the way he loved because of the way he loved us first. So you, our listeners will never see your energy. They will never see your smile as we're on this podcast. But it's like Jesus is radiating through this human people. If you walk on a field and meet her, please go shake her hand, pray with her, love her, hug each other. It's going to be amazing. I'll pray Ugh. for you right back. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, Grayson, I know you're busy. Literally, you're still like doing things. You have camp this weekend. It's absolutely insane. So I don't want to keep you any longer, but I do want to finish, not necessarily, as I said earlier, with the question, but more of a statement. Is there anything that's really left on your heart that's like, God is moving, Sarah, and I need to say this before you pray over me and tell me you love me 700 times? Um, I think it kind of, I mean, just the, the name of your podcast, completing and competing, like our earthly things that you talked about earlier. I I said it at the beginning, but like, those aren't going to matter when you walk through the gates of heaven. And for me, like I, I accomplished things on the field, but I was never an all American. Like I never went to the postseason, like as a player, like I, those things, did I want them at the time? Yes. But do they matter? No, because Mm. what matters is just kind of like how you shine into others and how you lead people to the Lord. And, um, I was listening to Carol Lawson, Duke's head coach, talk the other day, and she was speaking about how things never get easier. And like as an athlete or as a person, we're always just like wishing and hoping for, oh, like next week, this will be okay. Or like once I get done with this, it'll be easier. Like after my first semester here, things will be easier. After our first year coaching the Wolfpack, like things are going to get easier. No, like things don't get easier. You just handle hard better. And so I think like when you put that in biblical perspective, like when I was thinking of it and like, okay, what is the Lord trying to teach me through this? Like things never get easier, but when I rely on him, like the hard gets better. Like I handle hard better because I take that and I send it up, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, I, I think that's just really kind of important for people to know um, is that when you handle hard better, that's that's when the weight's lifted off your shoulder. You don't handle hard better because of what you do. You handle hard better because you send stuff up. Um, and so I, that's just been weighing on me a little bit. I don't know if <laughs> that makes sense, but uh, it's just kind of what I've been feeling. It makes complete sense. And ladies and gentlemen, she drops the mic. Here we are. Uh, Grayson, I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over, obviously, your very long career that is going to continue to bless every athlete that comes in your presence. I want to pray over your staff, your team, what life is going to bring because I know you and Jesus are in it together and I cannot wait to see what the two of you do next. But before I pray, I just again, more than anything, want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing this story. Thank you for sharing your energy with us, your passion with us, and your love with us because I get to meet him because I met you. And there is no bigger blessing than meeting him through his people. Preach. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for doing this. You're awesome. Oh, okay. We're going to pray. I don't know how long this is going to go, but we're going to let Jesus is again taking the wheel. I'm just the vessel. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, here we go. Oh, Lord. Again, in awe of the people that you allow me to connect with. And it's not about me and it's not about Grayson and it's not about this podcast. It's about you. 
And it's a space where strangers get to come together because we are sisters or brothers in Christ. And we get to talk about you and your love and your grace and your forgiveness for us because we didn't deserve it, but you willingly gave it. Lord, I pray as Grayson continues to move into the championship side of her season with the Wolfpack that you just lay your hands on her and their staff and their team, allowing them to know that they already took the ultimate victory in the death and resurrection of your son knowing that they can walk on the field and compete freely, knowing that these are the gifts that you have given them and they can shine those gifts for your glory. Lord, I pray you continue to just lay your hands on Grayson, both on and off the field, opening doors for the two of you to walk through. So when people meet her, they meet you because that is exactly what has happened to me time and time again. Lord, thank you for a space where we get to have conversations about you, where we get to highlight your story that you are continuing to write in each one of our lives. Lord, thank you for your love and your grace that we do not deserve, but willingly accept every day of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Grayson, I so, so, so love you. And again, from the bottom of my heart and soul, thank you for sharing this story with us today. Love you too, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, listeners, I so love you. You are and all that you will continue to become. Thank you and have a God-blessed day.